Okay. Hey, Brendan, I, I wrote a song uh, for the opener this week. Ooh, is it the new tune from The Knack? Well, it's it's the tune from The Knack. I mean, I wouldn't call it new, but I've been getting into a lot of like uh, like old school punk and going really back to the roots, so I figured the right place to start would be The Knack. Right, so I mean, yeah, the knack. Uh, everyone's singing the knack, so let's 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 take a listen. Okay, well, I've I've actually got. I need you. I, I'm gonna give you the lyrics. I want you to be back up on this. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, so it's the knack. So you have to approach it with a lot of respect, because mm-hmm. I mean, there would not be a punk rock genre if we didn't have the knack. I mean, really. Right. Right. So here we go. I'm gonna just gonna do 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 do. You got that? That's the kind of the tune. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, cool, tweak, cool. Tweaking, tweaking the 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 guitar, the bass here. All right, all right. Here we go. Hmm? Kind of weak, pretty lame. It's the curse of La, La, La Rona. Rona. Based in folklore, with a weak connection to the Conjuring. Only liked one thing about this movie. If you ask me what I'd say, Cardellini didn't pay too much, just a buck, and it really, really sucked. That's La 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 Rona. And that's when cease and desist orders roll in because we don't own the rights to that song you know when I pick a movie that's when I'm on to pressure now the question always comes back to me what will they think it now Happy, 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 happy new year! Yes, and it legitimately is the new year when we're recording it as well. That is a first. Right? Yeah. It is, guys, we're gonna, I'm gonna let everyone in on a little secret. Alright, Nathan, I'm gonna pull back the curtain, okay? Alright. Sometimes we record on different days. Then the episode is released. That's <laughs> good. That's kind of a given. Oh, can you imagine if we recorded the morning of? I would be dead. <laughs> yes. I, I I would not be okay with that because you you post these things at like 10 in the morning. So we would have to get up at like 6, record, give you two hours to edit, and then pop the thing up. Oh, two if it's a smooth recording. <laughs> right, because, yeah. <laughs> Oh, welcome back, everyone. This is another year, a new year for what were they thinking? Yes. Podcasts about bad movies, questionable movies, strange movies, crazy movies. Sometimes weak and forgettable movies. Yes. Oh, how uh, ironic that you mentioned that. (laughs) Don't you think? Uh, And yeah, I really do think. I'm Brendan. I'm Nathan. And uh, we're we're starting up a... um, well, uh, a month-long series 
on uh, since we just finished 2019 all this month we're going to be talking about films from 2019 you might be saying but guys 2019 was a perfect year and nary a bad film was released well we're gonna try yeah (laughs) no promises we may have to talk about rise of skywalker (laughs) (laughs) just just saw it yesterday oh 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 any hot takes or did you enjoy it i enjoyed it okay i think anybody who has the you know the gall to complain about that movie it's like mm. you go fuck yourself <laughs> I, I i i definitely i definitely liked it i enjoyed it there were story things that i was like eh, but uh overall it was good there was some minor plot convenience stuff that was like, all right, okay, why would you do that if you could do this? But I, other than that, I mean, the movie is uh, well made. It's slick. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice look to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't immediately forget it uh, <laughs> after I was done at the theater. Unlike yeah. what would have happened with this movie that we're going to discuss today. Oh, what a segue. We are talking about... What is the film we are talking about today, Nathan? Well, in case you missed it in our fantastic <laughs> parody opening, it's The Curse of La Llorona. Or I th- or maybe La Llorona? Uh, I it's... think that's a... Per- that, yeah, that's like a colloquial pronounce, per- pronunciation thing. <laughs> Yeah, um, and according to the movie trailer guy, that's what it's, that's how it's pronounced too. Yeah, because you know you're you know you're, it's 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 a great it's a great trailer because the only time the voiceover comes in is to pronounce the title at the end. <laughs> the curse of La Llorona. <laughs> and it's. It's based on Hispanic folklore, so, I mean, there's definitely nuances to any language. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest thing has always been with, uh, with you know, Hispanic titles and names and things like that is when an R is, is pronounced like an H. <laughs> what? Like, uh, like Hoist Gracie. His name is spelled R-O-Y-C-E, but it's pronounced Hoist. I did not know about the R, R and H thing. Yeah. That's nuts. I would uh, mispronounce. I've been mispronouncing a lot of Spanish words in my life because <laughs> I I often use Spanish words in my day to day life. I have a lady uh, who works with me, uh, and uh, one day she got a, a an email or a call about a site in Chihuahua, Mexico, mm-hmm. and uh, she thought it was for a site in Chihuahua. <laughs> so it you know if you if it's not the mother tongue you it can confound a person or two to be fair to be fair oh first one of 2020 there you go um english is my first language and for a long time i also thought it was pronounced that way so <laughs> <laughs> oh the curse of la Llorona. So before you kind of jump in and tell us what this movie's all about, Nathan, I got to tell you, this movie only cost about $9 million to make. So it made a profit. Uh, do you know how much it made? Uh, Bloomhouse, I'm going to estimate it at about $60 million. $122 million. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Oh, God bless you, Jason Bloom. And a really weird... I was just... I thought the marketing was weird because on the poster, and we I think we've talked about this before, but it says from the producers of The Conjuring Universe, which yes. made me think, oh, it's got nothing to do with it. It's just a way to get people to go see it. Right. But if it's going to be part of it, which it is, which we'll definitely get into, it's very hastily thrown in, <laughs> why not just say part of the Conjuring universe or say the Conjuring universe presents or something like that. The latest entry in the Conjuring verse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that's your that's your easy money right there. I mean, obviously they didn't need it. They made 122 <laughs> million goddamn dollars, but uh, it just seems like open and shut to me. I, I, I think I I I, I this is, I'm just spitballing here. Okay. Um, Don't get I, kicked I, out of class. I, I won't. I, I sit at the back. So. Oh, okay. Um, I think the reason why they did that is they, they put from the producers of The Conjuring on the poster. Mm-hmm. So that people are like, oh, we're familiar with those horror movies. This is probably going to be very similar uh, in tone, which it kind of is. Kind of. Yeah. And if... If the movie tanks, mm-hmm. like, say, people just, you know, dump all over it, it doesn't make a dime at the box office, they can hastily snip out that little scene that ties it in, and when it, and they can retcon history. <laughs> or they can just patch it like cats did. <laughs> right. So, it. I mean, it, it's... It's it's canon films making one oh one really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Uh, they're kind of Bloomhouse's kind of canon films for for like a modern day, especially in regards to like horror movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, p- put a low budget in, mm-hmm. uh, and you're gonna make tons back. Yep, and That's then all you, you take do. that profit and you put it towards your next. Yeah, sometimes you get one. Sometimes you get a kind of a big star. Like uh, Ma had um, Octavia Spencer. She's a pretty bit. She's a pretty decent sized name now. Yeah. And uh, you just add bank to that. So yeah. And that was a fantastic little I flick on their part. Loved that. It reminded yeah. me of like a seven. Like it had vibes of like a seventies or eighties like exploitation thriller. And that's mm-hmm. what I kind of dug. <laughs> yeah. Once it gets going, it gets going. <laughs> yes. So Curse of La Llorona. <laughs> One that. Sort of gets going and just keeps spinning its wheels. Yep. <laughs> we we start okay. Well, just to give you the rundown before we do the 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 you know the breakdown. So the rundown before the breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie is based on uh, a Mexican f- uh, folklore uh, of a lady who her husband cheated on her. Uh, and she went mad with jealousy and drowned uh, the only things that mattered in the world more than her to him being his son. So she drowns her kids, then realizing what she did out of grief, kills herself uh, and is a tortured soul. And the folklore, from my understanding from this movie, is that she is like a boogeyman type. So if you parents would tell their kids if you don't behave la Llorona will come and get you 
Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what happens in this movie. Except the kids are pretty decently behaved, so I don't know what the fuck her problem is. <laughs> I also I also like uh, you, you, you uh, setting that up just tells me like this is ultimately a morality play. Don't cheat on your significant other. Yeah. <laughs> it, I it's guess. just a tailspin into yeah. disaster. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, Mexico 1673. <laughs> Which, I, at first, I, I thought was kind of an odd date to pick. Very specific. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, some some kids are, are playing hide and seek with their mom. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the kids, is who's it, is uh, he, he, he happens upon... Uh, the, the mom uh, helping the other kid hide underwater. When, when you said the kid was it, I thought you meant he was Pennywise. No, no. Let's, you know what? Let's not go out of our way to mention a thousand far more superior movies. Let's leave that to other movies that we'll talk about at some other point. Uh, but yeah, uh, he, he discovers mom helping his brother hide in the river, under mm. the river, for a yeah. long time. She's she's drowning him. (laughs) I see what you're saying. And then she turns on the other son and she he's like he's like, Mama, no, and Well, we know that that she kills him too. Los Angeles, three hundred years later. Yeah, I I I don't know what I was doing at that point. I, I I might have looked away to grab a drink or to look down at my notes, but I missed that. And for probably about the first 15 or 20 minutes of the movie, I just thought they were kind of poor. I thought you were going to say for the first 15 or 20 minutes. I thought it was still 1673. No, no. I knew it was modern because there were TVs, but they were (laughs) analog TVs and the kids were watching Scooby-Doo. So I was like, maybe they're just, you know, they're just kind of poor and can't afford a flat screen and they like nick at night it's what it's what tarantino does with history now it just you don't get it this is 1673 now he's rewritten it yeah <laughs> yeah so they we we are uh this is a period piece in the 70s 1973 yes which i mean there has been success uh with that in the especially in the last decade where you're the that uh, origin of evil, the Ouija. Mo- yeah. Most of the Conjuring movies take place in the seventies, do they not? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Um, maybe not. I not like the Nun, but I know like nope, but the two uh, Conjuring movies, mm-hmm. and I think Annabelle. One of them does too. The the newest one, maybe the newest one. Annabelle comes home mm-hmm. uh, because the first Annabelle movie, I believe, takes place in the sixties. Yeah, and then the Vera, and then Annabelle. The, was it the? I almost called it Origins of Evil. <laughs> oh, the creation. And creation. Yeah, that takes place at like turn of the century. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah they, they, they only had PlayStation Two back then, <laughs> right? So that was the turn of that century. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they there's been some other uh, there's there's been some success in doing period and the reason why I feel it's better. Uh, when a horror movie does that sort of thing, because it immediately throws out a lot of things that would be a convenience cell in phones. a modern 
cell phones, internet connections. Yeah. 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 For sure. So. Was, did you think it was weird that Unfriended took place in the 70s? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kept talking about DSL, and they had all these flat screen. And then... <laughs> that, would be, that would be a fucking chore to watch with like, a broadband like, modem hookup. I well, think the characters ho- moved uh, three <laughs> times in the last ten minutes. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> like uh unfriended the origins of evil and it's uh you know, it's some dude uh working away on like a five inch monitor in a room that is essentially a computer because <laughs> it's like that internet room from hackers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Lullarona. Yeah, Lullarona. Um, yeah, we uh, we meet our protagonist, lovely Linda Cardellini. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm, I, th- I did think it was kind of fun that her kids were watching Scooby Doo. Mm. Oh yeah, I never even she's, thought about that. She's Velma. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she's not Velma in this. Uh, she is a uh, CPS worker mm. and a uh, single mom. Her husband uh, is a, a police officer who was killed in the line of duty, and she's just doing her darndest. And based on her uh, shoe repair skills, I'm going to say also probably Canadian. Well, duct tape, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> she goes to. She is from the Reds, uh, from Red Green University. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's for no, our she Canadian went, she listeners. To, she went to Possum University, ah. where the school colors are red and green. She's a Possum Lodge member. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, we get a kind of a brief overview of what her day is like using the, again, the typewriter and the typewriter in this didn't throw me for, for a minute about them, about the thing earlier, because I was like, you know what? She's, she's a government worker. Yeah, of course they haven't been updated to computers because CPS is like one of the most underfunded government uh, offices that they get like next to nothing. Yeah, you guys, you guys are still using your fucking teletype things. Yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> the, her 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 boss uh, g- gives her a bit of mom and dead husband shame though. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because we we find out that there's like a family, right? The Alvarez family, mm-hmm. and uh, the kids haven't been to school and. Uh, Linda, well, I'll just call her Linda. I don't What's called Linda Cardellini? Yeah. She's constantly late for work. She, um, she's kind of surprised that the boss gave this uh, account to Donna in the office. Yeah, and he said, "Well, Donna has support at home, and she's all my husband's dead. Is that what you mean?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, Donna hasn't missed any shifts. I'm like, wow, you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> well, it, like, uh, uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, it was the 70s. Yes, it, <laughs> I wrote down some classic 70s chauvinism. <laughs> yeah, um, but she she manages to um, get the case from Donna, mm-hmm. and because she's she's got history with the mom, uh, she's talked to her before and she's she's been in the kids lives trying to help her get her you know get her stuff straightened out so because of that he she gets the case and but she has to go with with a cop to the to the to the visit for the home visit mm-hmm. and um and when and when she finally gets uh patricia to open the door oh look everyone it's marta from arrested development <laughs> And she has her two boys, Carlos and Tomas. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, whom she has locked in a closet. Yeah, so it's that classic horror thing where you're like, oh, is she crazy or is she protecting them? Yeah, but to someone who's working the beat for CPS, she's locked them in a closet. Yeah, I mean, it's frowned upon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's like, don't open the door, don't open the door. When she opens the door, the kids are in there, and that's when... Marta gets arrested, and the kids get toted off to what is, I guess, an orphanage. And this is, for when that happened, I was like, oh, this isn't set in the modern time, because there's no there's no things like that now. Kids, they go to, uh, they go to emergency foster. Mm-hmm. They don't get stuck in a, a, a dormitory room with beds. Wait, they don't just get taken to the airport without meeting the new parents yet? <laughs> no, because, they, well, not especially these guys, because they haven't been put up for adoption yet. <laughs> oh, okay. It, it wasn't the 90s yet. Mikey, uh, the right. rules of Mikey don't apply yet. <laughs> so, she's trying to get to the bottom of what's going on, why the kids are, uh, why they were locked in the closet, and... Uh, the boys actually have what look like, well, they look like bruises or burns. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, did your mom do this? And they were like, no, she did it. Another yeah. lady. Yeah. They, for some reason, I, I, kept, I kept writing them down as track marks. <laughs> <laughs> the kids are just shooting up. Yeah, it's like, well, no wonder they took that fucking mom away. She's giving them access to heroin. <laughs> Uh, so the, the, the kids, all that stuff, they, they get taken to CPS, mom's toted off. We go back to, uh, to Linda Cardellini's house. They're giant uh, oversized bathtubs. Yes. And their, their floor model analog television. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> the kids are watching Scooby-Doo on, well, her daughter's watching Scooby. Uh, the son is upstairs playing cop. Mm. Um, to which, you know, you're supposed to, this is how you're supposed to feel bad for Linda Cardellini because the son clearly idolized his father and he's unfortunately not with them. No, I'm assuming he like died in the line of duty, but I don't remember if they mentioned it. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that's what happened. He did not look like someone who retired or had a heart attack. I, I really thought that was going to factor back into the movie somehow. And when it didn't, I was actually kind of shocked. Oh, kind of like with the uh, uh, with the girl's dad in Annabelle Comes Home. Or even like this, yeah, that, and even this character um, that comes up later, played by Sean Patrick Thomas, who doesn't really do a whole lot, hmm. and then he just kind of disappears. So there were a couple things that I was like, oh, they just were like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we cut out of that so we we've established we should feel bad for linda cardellini and her kids Mm -hmm. um we get a terribly rendered i in los angeles (laughs) (laughs) it looked bad like it it was supposed to be is it supposed to be la it's supposed to be like yeah okay i think i guess so i i missed where it was even taking place i don't know if it was texas Maybe it was Texas. No, I think you're right, because I think it was like, I think it felt like it was supposed to be Los Angeles, but like, I don't know, it felt like it should have also been like close to the border, too. Well, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was L.A., because they, you know, later on, when the 
well, we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. With the boys, they they're at the L.A. Um, that drainage structure that runs through you see in every movie that's set in L.A. Right, right. Yeah. And this is called the Curse of Los Angeles, Lorona. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Le L.A. Rona. <laughs> L.A. Rona. <laughs> Love it. Print it. L.A. Rona. <laughs> Make it happen. Let's call Fox right now. It's not Fox. It's Bloomhouse. Okay, let's call them too. Um, it looks like it's going to be kind of a grudge knockoff um, a little bit because the, the boys, again, they're in their, uh, their their dormitory because, you know, they've they're been taken by CPS. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where La 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 Rona strikes. Um and the the youngest kid his scream take made me laugh. <laughs> oh, when the second one that gets like when his wrist gets grabbed? No, like when they he does they do the scream take and then we cut away. Oh, the last thing is him screaming and it's just the worst scream take. <laughs> isn't that the is that the one? Because I know there there was one that I kind of chuckled at too. Is that the one where he literally just goes wah? Yeah, um, it almost it reminded me of like a Macaulay Culkin take from Home Alone. <laughs> just puts like his the, hands on his face. Almost like the scream is almost comedic in the way it comes off. And that ghost lady, this Lalarona chick, she drools a lot. Right, which is what made me think of the whole like because she's got the hair in front of her face, and there's a lot of usually a lot of water around, given the fact that she drowns kids. And here's kind of the thing too, like one of the first big things. It's like uh, I don't know. I feel like in the Conjuring and even the second one, and like a couple of the other movies in this series, unlike those ones, I feel like the ghost in this is so unremarkable. Like the the design of her is just kind of like eh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I don't know. I think I think a big thing with it too is that they they waste very little time getting to what she looks like. That too, they don't save it at all. Right. I mean, this with not the a, conjuring, this is not a Jaws situation. Yeah, like with the conjuring, uh, the first one especially, you don't really see um the witch until you're well into the movie mm-hmm. now i get that we see her at first when she's before she has killed herself and her kids but i think that if they had just kind of saved it and maybe just shown like a hand or something uh so that when you get the full reveal with linda cardellini's kids it it has something more to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And in this, it's just like, oh, I've this is the eighth time I've seen her. Like, it's not scary anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, the kids, they disappear, and uh, then they're found at the L.A. Reservoir, that, that structure that I was talking about earlier. Uh, they call Linda Cardellini in the night, um, which I wish I could do. And <laughs> she... She comes, which I wish I could bake her. Oh, boy. Um, to find out that the poor boys have been found uh, drowned in I'm the I'm so LA glad River. you didn't add a tag to that part. <laughs> <laughs> so they've been, they've been, they've been, they've been found killed. Yeah. Uh, and for, like, because she's a single mom... Struggling to get by in the 70s, she has to bring her kids with her to the mm. L.A. 
reservoir, which I mean, I understand her connection to the family, but it's like, <laughs> does she really need to be at the crime scene? <laughs> no, no, she doesn't actually. <laughs> like, it's like when they called her, I was like, wait, she's not like an, she's not like an officer. Like, especially, especially because when, okay, I first I thought, okay, they called her because she was the caseworker and she's going to identify the bodies because the mom's in lockup. Yeah. Right? She, she, there's no family that they can get a hold of. She knows what these boys look like. She can identify them. Boom. Done. Mm-hmm. But then the mom is there. Yeah. She's at the crime scene. So, like, one, what, what if she was... Why, why is she there? I, <sighs> Secondly, if she's there, why is Linda Cardellini there? And also... <laughs> Like, the fact that she... Bring, well, I mean, I, I get she has to bring her kids, but, like, you, you just leave the kids in the car at the scene of a someone who... Two kids who just got fucking drowned. No, like, she did... She was very specific that they were to stay in the car, and he was not to wake his sister up. That boy does not listen. No, he's he does not listen, and he eventually does some Gleam in the Cube type spying. Yes. Just, just <laughs> peeking, peeping, peeking, yeah. peeping. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, he well, sucks at listening. Yeah, he oh, runs afoul of Lorona here. He does, yes. Yeah. Um, and so she she grabs him, and I'm guessing he, that means he's marked, and that's what that whole thing is supposed to mean. Yep. Uh, he runs back to the car, gets in. Oh, and the La Llorona apparently can roll windows up and down okay. telepathically. Yeah, that. And also, I'm like, why does she need to? Right, because she clearly has the force to throw somebody from inside of a house well to the outside of the house. You would think she would have enough force to just shatter car windows. or Or even just, like, go right through it. She's a ghost, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like uh, the 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 internal logic for her, like for the care for the ghost character, is all over the place. Yeah. Um. Oh, and it gets even worse at the end. Anyway. <laughs> um. So, uh, she, uh, you, uh, she's besieging the kids in the car, uh, and then, oh, uh, they've. One of the door locks pop open. You think she's gonna? It's she's gonna get it, and it's Linda Cardellini getting into the car. Yeah. Uh, we cut next day to people waving enormous joints around. <laughs> I thought that was weird. I didn't know it was legal. Yeah. Right. Well, it's California in 1973, though. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been sage. You know what? That makes a lot more sense. It's oh, okay. it's probably sage. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's um, go with Sage then. I okay. guess that was legalized it, in '71. <laughs> and this is and this is where we get the the origin story spelled out for us about <laughs> the weeping woman, the La Llorona or La Llorona, which is apparently um, what this movie is called in Australia because an executive thought that Australians couldn't pronounce the title La Llorona. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, it's called, like, The Curse of the Weeping Woman or something like that. Which, you know what? I don't know. That, while it works with the the folklore of the, the character or the, the ghost or whatever, 
if that were marketed as that, it would seem even more forgettable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it sounds like a fucking, like, Goosebumps story. Or, yeah, or a knockoff <laughs> of The Woman in Black. Yeah, that too. It's Yeah, right. it sounds like it's like the Asylum's version of that. Yes. The woman who wore black clothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the person... Oh, shit. That's they're the calling me right now. They're just saying, because we're making fun of him. Oh, I'll get it. One second. Hello. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, no, no, we're not talking bad about you. Look, look, you guys serve a purpose. If I don't have the money to go see the Avengers, I will go see your terrible knockoff Russian movie. It's fine. No. F- fine. Maybe Ask if we on- can meet Ian Zeering. Can we can, can we meet Ian Zeering? Oh. Really? Sharknado 22. Oh boy. Okay. Uh well, well maybe Maybe for a small scream, shameful. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, thanks. We'll talk to you later. Bye. There. Oh. Uh, that it. was Al Asylum from The Asylum. <laughs> wow. He says hello. <laughs> what, a, what a convenient name for him to have. I know. Um, wouldn't it be a great plot twist in this podcast if all of these phone calls ended up being real? <laughs> People were just like, holy shit, guys, they weren't lying. There's a guy named Al Asylum who runs this <laughs> Asylum movies. Andrew Dice Clay actually called them in the middle of the show. <laughs> yes, yes, they really talked to Kevin Costner. <laughs> oh, we did, and we took a nap during it, too. <laughs> so, La Llorona. La Llorona, yes. Um, and we we get this whole story... Uh, laid out to us um, by a, a, a priest. Mm-hmm. Um, it was who... apparently the same priest from the movie Annabelle. Yes. Yeah. Yep. They 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 show a little later um, when Linda Cardellini is still kind of incredulous about the La Llorona or the Weeping Lady. He mm-hmm. says he says something to the effect that I've I've seen things that made me. Uh, a firmer believer or something like that like basically saying that he used to be a spiritual man but also a man of logic and wouldn't believe in like ghosts and things like that until he was involved with the whole Annabelle case and it's a very quick flash oh yeah and listeners that is it that is the only connection to this conjuring universe that you get and that's and the thing is like if they didn't show the flash of the clips of him carrying the Annabelle doll or Annabelle's face, they could have just left that line in there and left you wondering, hmm, what's his story? What did he see that changed him from a man of logic to, you know, someone who believed in, you know, such things? Yeah, then the only connection you get is like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's like the same priest or whatever. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. Um, so what do I got here? Uh, I just have written down infidelity course. ruins everything again. Well, I was going to say, it's, he's, oh, 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 she's kind of a, why do I have Freudian boogeyman? <laughs> I do not know. But I don't I, know. But I, but I did, um, while, while he's telling that story, we kind of see, uh, Tuco from Breaking Bad from a distance. Yep. And I'm like, oh, so I'm going to trust that guy to rid the spirits from my body. Okay. 
Well, he looks like he kicks some ass. Mm. He does, but all I can see is Tuco. <laughs> <laughs> Which is unfortunate because he apparently didn't did not have the best time playing that character. Oh, really? Yeah, one of the reasons why he he stopped doing it was because being that character was kind of intruding upon his real life. Oh. So like he would be he would be taking on aspects of that character being very ill-tempered with people that he loved. Oh dear. So, so he, he got like, so he got a little method. Yeah, and he was like, "No, he got method about the meth." Yep. <laughs> hey, boom. <laughs> um so the next thing we get is uh Linda Cardellini's daughter uh outside playing near the pool with an umbrella as mm. one does yeah when it's not raining of course so clearly they're doing pretty well and they're not a poor family from the 2000s they're actually a fairly well-off family from the 70s because they have an in-ground pool <laughs> yeah and a really pesky wind yeah i did like the bit where when she would move the umbrella, the clear umbrella, because it's just a clear plastic one, and you would see Lalarona, and then she'd move it away, and she was gone. I thought that that would also be something that factored into the the legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that so she was more like a uh, a weeping angel type yeah. from yeah, Doctor yeah. Who. You no, know? but not uh, not so much. No, did not. No. <laughs> Um, and I wrote down at this point because this is where she gets tagged because Lorona like grabs her wrist and I was just is is the ghost just trying to give kids like carpal tunnel syndrome like what's going on here I don't know because Linda Cardellini asks her daughter what happened and she's like oh I I fell and I was like into hot coals yeah I'm like are you not looking at her wrist <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not trying to be like your boss and mom shame you but if you can't tell that's a burn I mean come on. Cardellini. <laughs> well, I, I don't understand why she does like she should, and then then call her daughter out on being a lying scumbag. <laughs> you piece of shit! You think you? I work for CPS. I know what I fell means. And then uh, we get a glimpse at her rampant parental alcoholism. Mm. Oh, uh, when she has uh, Officer Save the Last Dance over. Yeah, and they she fills her goblet to the top with the wine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy too. He kind of gives her like a like a kind of a sideways look, and I'm like, hey, you know, maybe not the best um, thing to do when the cop is over, because <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets suspicious later. He does, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they uh, they've known each other though. That's the mm. thing. Like they're they're friends. Obviously, he's having dinner at her place. I also thought that this was going to... And I'm not saying I wanted it to, but I also thought there was going to be like a light suggestion at romance here, eventually. Yeah. I I was like waiting for it. I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) And then to be like, we shouldn't or we can't because, you know, her husband was a cop and he's a cop. And then I was like, oh, maybe it'll happen with Tuco. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, in in the in the night, uh, is it someone gets woken up? 
Yeah, she's like she's like walking around the house for a very long time in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Don't turn a light on or anything. Nope, because it's like that that lights out movie, right? You're gonna get to kill the monster with the lights off, or maybe it's the opposite. I don't know. It's the opposite, actually. Uh, okay, yeah. it's been a while. Yeah. So the the kid is sleepwalking. He's just testing out the door, the padlock on the door. Yeah. Kapunk, 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 opening and closing, opening and closing, opening and closing. He kind of, is he, is he going to scream himself awake? Nope, he's just going to faint. And then uh, we find out that the, the true power of La Llorona is to, uh, to throw your papers about. <laughs> Yeah, that, that ghost Terrifying. sure showed her. <laughs> hey, your evidence? Hiya! <laughs> yeah. Now try to figure out what's going on, bitch. <laughs> Freddy Krueger? <laughs> Again. <laughs> That's right, bitch. <laughs> she does also yell out in the night as she's like, my husband's a cop and he'll kick your ass, basically, at one point. Yes. Like if this oh. ghost is haunting you, uh, she she knows your husband's not alive. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't know for sure, right? Yeah. Um, and we get an interrogation scene with um, the two boys, uh, her their mom, mm-hmm. and to which she revealed that she prayed to La Llorona to come and take her kids. Like you know, she essentially took. Her kids. Yeah. I'm like, seems kind of like a dick move. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Marta. Yeah, right? Um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because though they say, like, we well, we want to find out more information, um, and Marta's not going to tell us, but she's mad at you because she blames Linda for, like, her kids dying. Mm-hmm. So she's like, so she's, you know what your husband always said, if someone's mad, they're going to talk to you. So she, Are that's they- why she goes and, like, confronts her or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, they've got, like, no evidence against Marta either. So she's, like, basically well, on her way out the door soon. Yeah, because she she was in lockup when the kids got killed. Right. <laughs> so unless so, she's Chris Angel, mind freak. Which she is not. No. Then so, thank, I, I double-checked. <laughs> you checked the wiki for that? I, d- I did. Okay. They had similar hair, and so I was just like, no, okay, it's not her. <laughs> One has um, committed worse crimes to society, and right. they're not in this movie. <laughs> um, boop, 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 boop. What do we got here? Oh, this, this, the, the son gets a sprained wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what from. I just took a note of that. I don't remember, but I know it leads to uh, a CPS a, visit, a mom check. Yeah. Yeah. Which I got to say, the funniest thing about this scene is like, so Linda Cardellini opens the door and like officer save the last dance is there. Mm-hmm. And he's all like, it's a welfare check. And he, well, not that kind of welfare, welfare check, right? yes. <laughs> like a checkup. Yeah, and... not, not, not white trash Johnny Webb's finishing move. <laughs> Wrestling <laughs> reference secured. Wow. A good one too. Yeah. Um, but, like, he dramatically gets out of the way and, like, the worker's right behind him. Like, he's perfectly covering her. <laughs> and it's Donna. It's the girl from before. Yeah. I just like Which, the way that reveal is done. <laughs> I don't know how CPS was handled in the 70s, but I I have a feeling that they would not send somebody from her office 
to check on her. Yeah, wouldn't that be a conflict of interest? It absolutely would. They would have to call in somebody from, like, the next county listing over. Especially if they they, they clearly they establish that they don't really get along that well. Yeah, because she even says to her, it's not personal. I, I, I don't like that I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, whatever, Donna. <laughs> Fucking Donna. Such a Donna. <laughs> In the 70s, uh, Donna was the Karen. So. <laughs> yeah, Donna, Donna is 70s Karen. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, then the next scene is where, you know, we we get the priest revealing that this is a conjuring verse. Um, and he, he says that you, you can't move. If you move, it doesn't matter. She'll follow you. Your house isn't haunted. You're haunted. Just you're f- like insidious. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I think Again, it's Tuco that tells them like their family is the one are the ones that are haunted, right? Uh, I, I, maybe it was. Oh yeah. Because the egg ceremony is next. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, before that, I think, I think the goat, uh, the goat? What am I saying? Um, I think it's before this, the ghost just like, oh, I remember how he gets the sprained wrist now. The ghost pushes him down the fucking stairs. Okay, there we go. There, problem solved. <laughs> I, I remember that being like, I know the ghost's ultimate goal is to like drown the kids so she can like take them or whatever. And at some point she's like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> just push him down the stairs. This'll work. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And 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 then um, I believe even before Tuco shows up too, we get the demon head massage. Oh, when the daughter is getting her bath, mm-hmm. is that is that when that happens? Yeah, and the and the well, it's established early that Linda Carlini like washes her hair and then she goes rinsing and then puts her head down. So yeah. she feels the hands of La Rona, La Llorona, and for some reason is like, yeah, this is how my mom's hands feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I've got that. She's here. <laughs> I got. I gotta think that you, you would. You would. You know, mom, you're not moisturizing. Like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, why are your fingers all cracked and and chipped as well? <laughs> and maybe Lalorona. If Lalorona was like a shapeshifter, it would make more sense. That would make a ton of sense, but she's not. She's not. Uh, so yeah, Tuco comes by. Uh, and they do an egg ceremony. Now, I need to explain this. Mm-hmm. What what they do is they take an egg. You're just an average run-of-the-mill egg. And and you, they're running it all over the... Uh, all the archways or doorways in the house. So, like, the closet, the, 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 the hole in the wall that you walk through to get to the dining room, to the kitchen, that sort of thing. Yeah, and all he gets that. the kids to do it, too. Yeah. And they're like, is this all you're going to do? And the idea is, apparently, when you break open the egg, however much blood is inside is how much evil you're dealing with. And he cracks it open, and it's just this viscous black goo. And then Linda Cardellini has my favorite line in the movie where she's like, Oh, I saw this on Carson. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what episode was that? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to look that one up. <laughs> um, also, like, the movie thing, the movie knows that it's stupid. And, like, and like they're like, oh, people are definitely going to say this is stupid. So they have that line where it's like, like you said, are you just going to rub eggs everywhere? And it's like, no, 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 movie. You don't get off the hook just for pointing out that it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we get 
did we did the scene where he starts collecting evidence from the kids uh the CPS the boys because at one point Tuco he's he's starting to formulate a plan as to how to take care of this mm-hmm. and and one of them was that he had collected like the tears or the the stuff that La Llorona left behind and he would bless it he was going to use <sighs> that as a weapon okay literally i have he has like a batman utility belt yes like he has something for everything I, I, except for bait uh which is what he uses the kids and linda cardellini for and, and lights and lights is more candles than a fucking 90s music video yes i expected enigma to start playing <laughs> anybody remembers enigma oh another deep cut <laughs> Uh, yeah, and and we find out I think too that Tuco is kind of like he kind of was with the church, but now he's not really down with the church. But he's still like he's like I'm a man of God, but not a man of the church or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know what that was supposed to be, but there's that. Yeah. Um. So now that he's kind of, I guess they they managed to expose or get her out of the house, and he starts laying down, um, the. What was the f- fire f- fucking wood fire tree seeds? Fire tree. Because yes. apparently, when she drowned her kids in 1673, the only witnesses were a bunch of fire trees, mm-hmm. and so the they seeds, hold a power over her. Yeah, so the seeds will like prevent her from crossing or something. Stupid. Yeah, kind of like when people put a like supposed to put like a salt ring around their house or something to prevent evil from coming in same idea yeah it, well and and i mean i know this is not the first place the first uh show or movie where it happened but it reminded me a lot of the show supernatural yeah because that was like a constant thing they did in that show mm-hmm. um and they he says yeah uh, she can't get in the house unless these barriers are broken mm-hmm that's not foreshadowing anything. Mm, this part <laughs> made me so angry. The fucking the doll, her doll, the 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 daughter's doll gets booted out onto the front porch uh, in the whole fracas with La Llorona, and she's trying to reach out and get the doll. The fucking daughter. Okay, so they establish that the doll is like something her dad gave. It's something that the dad gave the daughter before he passed away. And he said, if you're right. ever, like, scared, just hold t- hold on tight to the doll. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, fine. But mm, this scene still is fucking stupid. Like, one of the biggest, like, dumb plot contrivances and in it, any it horror And also, it's, it's, it takes forever. It yeah. Fa- felt like padding because... Her knees are getting close to breaking the line. Then they're not. Then they are. Then they're not. Back and forth forever. And then, and, and then, then, I don't understand though what's going on on the other side because the door swings open in the back, right? Mm-hmm. So does that mean that she could still come in like through the back? Well, no, because he he lined all the the stuff. Everything's lined with so, the, that. But what happens is when she grabs the doll. And pulls it in and says, Mom, don't worry, I got her. When she brings the doll across the line uh, from where the, the door is, that effectively breaks the seal, rendering the rest of it 
useless. Yeah, because she she drags it and fucking like bre- yeah, he's, like you said, she breaks the seal. Um, because she went to the bathroom early when she started drinking. Uh, but my question is, why are they trying to get the other door closed? Like, if she can't come in. I mean, maybe, like, my only guess would be, like, the wind, I guess, maybe? Well, I mean... From the other side of the house? If there is a wind, it would create a wind tunnel, and it would blow the seeds around, so maybe there's that. Yeah, I just, I was really confused. I was like, oh, oh, they just... Because in that moment, I was like, oh, fucking idiots, they forgot to put it on the other door. (laughs) Well, I... Uh, see, I never even thought about that because they blew right past that into the the kid being thrown out into the pool. Yeah, and then yeah. Tuco blesses the entire pool. Yeah, because she she breaks the line. She gets yep. dragged up by La, La Llorona mm-hmm. into the pool. She's yep. trying to drown her. Linda Cardellini dives in, mm-hmm. and then yeah, he's like, "Your pool is now filled with holy water." <laughs> What is this bullshit? So, while I'm watching this, I watch this movie with Cheyenne, because she likes horror movies, Mm -hmm. and uh, one of the best lines was from her when we were watching that, because when Linda Cardellini comes up, and the kid is saved, and and that, Cheyenne goes, well, that's a relief. It sure was, sweetheart. It sure was. <laughs> Thank God this pool is entirely made of holy water now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this whole thing, this whole ordeal has put the daughter into a La La Rona trance. Mm. So, like, she uh, they, she will now, uh, she'll now come to La La Rona uh, if she calls her. So they have to stick them both in a closet. Lock, lock them in a cupboard. Which, she comes out of her trance at this point, though. Because they said, like, remember they said, um, well, Lorona is like, calling her. Uh, maybe she just mm-hmm. stopped calling her. I don't know. It could be. Because, like, she definitely is, like, back to normal when they're in the clo- when they're stuck in the closet. And then you at, get what, the- at first, she, she still looked kind of spaced out. Yeah, but, I mean, she she's talking to, like, her mom and stuff, isn't she? No, it's the son that talks to the mom, and he reassures uh, that they're going to stay in the cupboard for the duration. Also, this is one of the, this is a really stupid part too because they have this <laughs> just next, this part, just, just this yeah, part, just this one. No, this whole like uh, this movie is mostly just like uh, whatever. But like the last twenty minutes gets real dumb, and they have this necklace right that they mm-hmm. managed to get from uh La Llorona. Yes, and- because the necklace was given to La Llorona by her husband and she swore she'd never take it off it meant everything to her. Right. And- so Cardellini has it. They're sitting mm-hmm. just outside the closet and yep. she's like, "Oh, I have this." And Tuco's like, "Oh, keep it. We we could possibly use it against her." And then the movie cuts to inside the closet just so we know that the kids heard it and I'm like, you don't have to establish that movie. They are right in front of the fucking closet. I'm sure they heard that conversation. <laughs> well, there's there's that. Uh, the fact that she took the necklace off La Llorona during the, the struggle in the swimming pool and looks at it long before all this happens. You figured she would have mentioned it as soon as she got out of the pool. Look, look what I took off of her. Yeah, a magic necklace. Let's use it right now. <laughs> For some reason, I have written down. Does this ma- is this now a Christmas movie? 
What? I think there's a part where they run into like ornaments or something, and I'm like, oh, it's a fucking oh, Christmas movie. She's up because they go upstairs. Yeah, they go up into the attic, um, <laughs> yeah. and there's a box of Christmas decorations that have been put away. Boom! It's now yeah. a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I at this point here, all the Home Alone stuff that they're doing to La Llorona. I had I had a note. I wonder if she's thinking to herself, "This is usually much much easier." <laughs> this is quite a struggle, right? But this is when um, our our old friend uh, Marta comes back into on, into the picture. Oh yeah, and she decided to cosplay as La Llorona for some reason. Oh yeah, <laughs> they think it's her at first. Yeah, and she's all. I'm and I guess they put the fire seeds back up because they there's a they make a big deal out of her like ruining that to get yeah because uh, she kicks them out of the way yeah and then we get fucking Air Cardellini getting thrown into the closet <laughs> in the fucking hallway yeah and she shoots Tuco in the chest yeah she's like I want her to take your kids and then she'll probably give me back my kids and I'm like lady you don't know what ghosts do do you nope. <laughs> Oh, but, uh, yeah, and then at that point, we basically, like you said, the kids are, like, running from Lorona upstairs in the attic. They get into mm-hmm. the attic, and uh, and, and they, have the, they have the necklace. How did they get the necklace again? Did they just... Because I thought Cardellini uh, had it. Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, I don't the, remember that. Because my no. next note is, she's just going to give it back? Yeah. Because at one point, she looks like she's just going to... Here, here. Here's the necklace that you lost. And and when she see when La Llorona sees the necklace, she like reverts back to human form. Yes, until she sees the uh, <laughs> her reflection in the mirror, and the mirror breaks, and she's like, ah, "I'm gonna kill you." Uh, and then uh, I guess fucking Marta has a change of heart. Yeah, she's on their team now. Apparently, sorry for shooting you in the chest, but uh, you know. <laughs> Get up there and save the day, you crazy kids! Yeah, I mean, they they and they do manage to, um, they do manage to thwart La Llorona with a uh a fire tree stake through the heart. Yeah, yep. yeah. I, I thought I thought it was I, I get it's the fire tree thing, but when they stabbed that ghost in the heart, I was like, that's a weird uh thing. But okay. <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> oh, and then yeah, they they kill her. Um, they head out. Uh, Tuco has a one-liner, I think, at the end. <laughs> yes, because he says to the kids, um, "You know, you guys were really, really brave, and uh, you know, c- to do what you did." And uh, uh, I was really scared too. And the the little girl goes, "Really?" And he goes, "No, not really." <laughs> He's like, and that applies to everything. You scared little sacks of shit. I don't like. What the hell is that? <laughs> and then he just gets in a taxi and fucks off. And then I got up and shut the movie off because I was like, nah. Yep. But Nathan, we get one of those horror trope endings. Do we? There's a big puddle. Oh yeah. And okay. she looks back and oh, could that be La Llorona's tears? Credits. Is that what that was supposed to be? Yeah, that, well, okay, here's the thing. I looked, and it play, it was playing ominous music, so I was like, all right, let me wiki this. 
and uh, that's what the wiki said that it's apparently it's a it's a it could be like her tears or something. Okay, first of all, your use of the word apparent in this situation is wrong. Because it was not apparent to me that that was supposed to be her tears. Because <laughs> um, I think earlier in the movie, when the two kids are taken at the orphanage or whatever, yeah, um, there's like a puddle of her tears there too. Yes, and that's because Tuco uh, weaponizes it. Mm-hmm. Like he, that's he collects it, purifies it, and at one point he had thrown it on her uh, to to stop her from attacking. Yep. So that's the curse of La Llorona. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even fast forward to the end to see if, uh, if it was there was a, like a mid credit or an after. I was like, I'm done with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. I was just so like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, okay, well, Curse of La Llorona. Nathan, um, I think this should be pretty obvious, but are you, uh, do you recommend this one? Not really, no. Yeah. Uh, I, if you're a Conjuring fan, the only reason why I would tell you to see it is out of some sort of odd sense of completion. Unless they somehow, you know, tie all this stuff together, uh, at some point, there's no real need to see this. I mean, she wasn't even featured in Annabelle Comes Home, which was essentially the Avengers assemble of the Conjuring verse. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely gonna say nah. Like it's it's yeah. it's a movie. I can't even like passionately say, oh my god, don't watch this movie. I mean, I guess if you're into like bad f- but funny movie tropes, the last 15 minutes is kind of ridiculous, but. It's just kind of there. It just yeah. kind of comes in and does its thing. It doesn't really add anything that you haven't seen before a million times and then shuffles off the mortal coil. Hmm. And uh, But you know what? Hey, Linda Cardellini and the kids were all pretty decent actors. I'll give it that. Well, I, 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 I've got something for when we come back from the break. Oh, well, we'll be right back. All right. What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What were they thinking? And we're back! And we are back, yes. But, uh, before we get to any, uh tidbits that are interesting hmm. we uh we have to npr ourselves up here yes the and, uh, low yes haiku. low haiku low mm. haiku indeed. Mm-hmm. uh 17 syllables uh to sum up how we felt about this rather forgettable movie 
The Curse of La 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 Larana Lorona 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 is a Lorona. That song would never play on this station. Never. That is way too edgy. Right. Okay, well, Nathan, uh, would you like to begin with your low haiku? Uh, Yes, I would. I'd be glad to. Okay. Not that much to say. Could have used Linda Topless. Sorry, I'm a pig. Very good, very good. Every cliche here. Dumb-ass children being dumb. Mmm, Cardellini. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. She is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And a one, and a two, and a whoa! <laughs> well, so, before yeah, we well, get to the tomato meter, exactly. Uh, as I was looking up my stuff for the tomato meter, mm-hmm. I've come to find out that there is a low-budget um, La- The Curse of La Llorona Uh-oh. that was made in 2007. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and uh, the timeless Mexican folktale of the Weeping Lady proves all too real for an unsuspecting American family in this low-budget shocker. It sounds like it's exactly the same fucking thing. Well, it's, yeah, it's an American family. I mean, I think in this movie, Linda Cardellini is, like, the only white character, but... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing uh, listed for the cast or anything. Hmm. I bet it's got some A-listers. No, there's no, there's nothing. Like if you, if I clicked on it, I went into it. That's how I got the summary. Um, the rating is not rated, so it was probably a small screen shameful. But I don't know if that's the case because it said it was in theaters May twenty seventh, two thousand seven. Hmm. Let's do some and, investigation here. Well, it's only 65 minutes, so it's a sh- more of a shorter subject. <laughs> it's it's technically a full feature because oh. it's over an hour. Here we go. I've got some cast members for you. Okay. <laughs> Joel Bryant, Reagan Forston, Antonio Royuela, Mary Sanchez, and the Oscar-winning Anne Stinnett. <laughs> okay. And it is indeed 65 minutes long. (laughs) There's no audience reviews for this one. There's no critics reviews of it on the tomato. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was a a tidbit that was interesting. It is an interesting tidbit. Also interesting is that the IMDb page for this movie just has the poster from the one we talked about. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh (sighs) my God. Well, uh, Nathan, we talked about this uh, mediocre movie. Yes, we certainly did. But what do we always say? Well, we always say... Don't take a word for us! Exactly. Don't take our word for it. Let's take a look at the tomato meter. Nathan, what are critics saying? Critics are saying 29%. Hmm. Okay. That's about what I expected. It's what you expect. Anything that's kind of genre related uh, that 
isn't super top tier will usually get that kind of treatment from critics. If you want to know how good or bad a horror movie is going to be, head on over to the audience. But they didn't think too highly of it either. Yeah. Big old 40%. 40. I feel like the solid ones are generally hover around like 60-ish, 70-ish. Yes. And then anything above that is like, oh, this is this is some some filmmaking in this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, twenty nine percent and forty percent from the audience. Let's get into this, Nathan. Let's, let's first critics review here is from Claudia Pugue from Film Week. Mm-hmm. She says the performances are good, but I wanted more complexity for the original folktale of La Llorona. Yeah. That's I, I that's a thing that I wanted to read because i i agree like the the backstory they give is just so like is she did this and then this happened and then then she does this now okay that's the movie <laughs> and that's unfortunate because like it's it's actually a very fair criticism uh about it that a lot of times people will complain about like every movie has to be an origin movie or something like that. I feel you needed that in this case. Mm-hmm. They they should have spent a little more time on that character development because I mean it's the antagonist, right? Yeah. And if you're gonna show her right out of the gate and not try to hide what she looks like as a ghost, you need to build on that character more to make up for that. I will say that it's better than the haunting of Molly, whatever the fuck that movie was. Where she's in the hospital and, like, the corpse comes to life or something. Oh, The Possession of Emily Grace? Yeah. Ugh, fuck that movie. Okay. Yeah, pretty terrible. <laughs> um, Let's see. Well, Jeffrey McNabb of The Independent, he gave it a fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, in spite of the absurdity of the plot and the flimsiness of the concept... There are enough blood-curdling moments here to make you cower, jump, or hide beneath your seat at least once or twice. Did you jump at all? Not. (laughs) No. No, me neither. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. I feel like in horror movies, you know, a lot of people say, like, oh, if you're not watching on a big screen, like, it's a lot harder to make you jump. I've watched quite a few at home, like, you know, usually turn the lights out or whatever, um, that have made me, like, you know, have a bit of a jump before. Like, it's definitely happened. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I I didn't I didn't I don't think I had any heightened tension at all. I think I was just like, all right, Linda Cardellini's been walking around this house for ten minutes. Will something please fucking happen? <laughs> um, Ed Potton, oh, uh, the, from the Times UK, Nathan. Okay. He says, um, the creaking doors and wind gusting through windows routine becomes tiresome though, as does Raymond Cruz's hilariously reserved Hispanic Exorcist. Fair. Um, Stephen Porzio from Headstuff. Porzio. I feel he makes a pretty legitimate uh, gripe here as well. Mm-hmm. It would have been fresh to set this film in Mexico, centered on a Mexican family, and have it steeped in an entirely different landscape and culture. Instead, it's the same story seen many times before, an innocent American family targeted by ghouls yeah i completely agree with that 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 if they had set this in mexico where everybody is very very familiar with the the folklore around the ghost it would have taken the film to a much better level and just imagine like guillermo del toro doing something like this oh that would have been fantastic yeah and nothing against, like, obviously nothing against Linda Cardellini. She's great, but... 
Yeah, this yeah. that would have been that would have been at least like fresh. Um, <laughs> this this is one. Uh, my last one here is from uh, Mark Kermode. Uh, he just says, I was so bored and so depressed by the mechanics of it. I got one last critic one myself here. Okay. The only reason why I got to read this one is because he has a fantastic name. <laughs> it's from Impulse Gamer. The review is from one Harris Dang. Damn. Nope. Dang. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the lack of creativity and innovation kills the film, Stone Dead. It's clear that the filmmakers need to reinvent the formula and fast before it dries out like an exhumed corpse. <laughs> I get he was trying to be clever, but there's no corpses really to speak of except for the kids at the first, and they're not exhumed or zombified. Well, let's go to the audience reviews, Nathan. Let's see what the yes. people say. Let's. Oh, Jacob L. gives it four stars. He says, blending Hispanic culture with modern day times was brilliant. Guys, it was actually decent. The jump scares that I read from a lot of critics were non-existent. It was not scary. I don't know what that means. I love the idea of taking La Llorona and placing her in a modern day setting. It was great. The child actors were not annoying and you actually gave a damn if they'll make it out. Not annoying, eh? <laughs> <clears throat> the kids were okay. Like, I mean, the the girl, I mean, that that's not her performance per se. That's just a stupid thing they wrote, like, for her to fucking go for the doll. That was really, really dumb. <laughs> Well, Rodrigo T. Mm-hmm. only gave it one star. Oh. He writes, A film so depleted of features and visually unworthy that it cannot be sustained by its apparent low budget. Scares that happen only by increasing the volume of the soundtrack are the final nail in the coffin of contempt for the events shown in the film. A huge potential of macabre movie thrown in the trash. I think Rodrigo got a word of the day calendar for Christmas. <laughs> Boom roasted. <laughs> uh, Tony J also gives it... Uh, Tony J, not Tony Jake. Tony J also gives it one star. And he says, When it became a money-looting machine, this kind of films will happen. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think I kind of understand what he's trying to say. But didn't work. He needs that word of the day calendar from Rodrigo. Right. Well, Jesse D, um, he gave it one and a half star, but he also gave it three out of ten. <laughs> okay, perfect. Fail- <laughs> Fails to build tension or deliver frights beyond a handful of jump scares. The actors do their best, but the screenplay and director hamstring them. Potential of this rich folklore was squandered. Not very spooky. <laughs> Slam. Right. Roasted. Uh, uh, This is from Margaret S. She gives it five stars. And she says, (laughs) she says, love it's HTTP motifi.com slash Stephen King horror characters friends signature signature t-shirt. What? (laughs) She has a link to some fucking bullshit website with a Stephen King t-shirt that she's hawking. Oh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she gave it five stars. I wonder how many other movies she's done this on. Oh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Maybe the t-shirt has the rest of her review. Uh, Giancarlo R. Uh, writes, 
horror movie quite cute and also scary at times as he knows how to make good use of various moments of anxiety. The plot is very simple and impactful, although sometimes there are parts where fucking Rotten Tomatoes cuts off and doesn't let me finish reading the goddamn review. Fuck you, Rotten Tomatoes. So, um, this person, I think, had a stroke in the middle of the review. Um, this is uh, from Matthew L. Uh, Matt Lillard, yeah. And he gives it... Well, good. Huh? He takes the time to offer, <laughs> you know, constructive criticism. <laughs> uh, he gives it one and a half stars. And he says, The Curse of La Llorona, or the better titles... La Corona, La Bamba, La La Land, La Laundry, Lonnie Lons, La Caramba, Lair, Owner, Low Urine, La Yolanda, Viva La Bam, Lair, Ronda, La Lonnie. You suck, Matt L. <laughs> Don't know what happened. He's he's trying to be... Oh, the the title's hard to pronounce. So. Uh-huh. Or he just had an attack. Idiot. <laughs> um... Let me see who else I got here. Okay, Will T, not Will T, but Will T, mm-hmm. gave it two stars. Uh, underdeveloped characters, loose rules on how the character operates. This is a jumpy movie, so if you're looking for one, you'll be content. Otherwise, it's underwhelming. Hmm. If you're looking for mediocrity, you'll be happy. <laughs> G- says sure. says Stephen James of the New York Times. <laughs> uh, okay, this is my last one here. Uh, this says uh, this is the best horror movie of 2019. Why is the score so low? Ten out of ten rigged system. Oh look, it's from Donald Trump. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> I guess this one here uh, is four stars. They didn't give their name. Probably because they're ashamed. <laughs> uh, was scary and frightening, but it was an awesome movie. Uh, okay, I guess if it, normally when it's scary and frightening, it can't be an awesome movie. If you're looking for that, I guess. <laughs> my that's my. By the way, that's my favorite criticism when somebody says they don't like a horror movie when they go, "It was scary," and I'm like, "Uh, so <laughs> good then, right?" <laughs> no, it was too scary. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, that, uh, yeah, I guess that's that's the curse of La Llorona there. Those are the reviews. Nathan, next week, the um, 2019 shakedown continues. Okay. Yeah. We're going to get some money from these movies. <laughs> Doubtful. Oh, well, I mean, they didn't get any, so we won't get much from them. Right. Not this one, because it made a fucking pun. This one may be the exception to the rule, and maybe one other one that we have coming up. But <laughs> next week, uh, I'm going to give a little uh, a little clue, a little clue-ski okay. as to what movie we'll be talking about from 2019. Hinterino? A Hinterino, yeah, which yeah. actually, that's a very uh, uh, interesting choice of words with the movie that, that we're doing. <laughs> that in and of itself is kind of a hint, isn't it? It kind of is, yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Oh my god, Mr. Carter, I'm like your biggest fan. And scene. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, sir, for coming in and doing that for me. Uh, no problem. <laughs> a bit of a downswing in my career right now. <laughs> I gotta go. All right, see you later. Yeah, looks like. Oh my god, looks like that baby's talking. That's a, that's a mop. All right, and he's off. <laughs>
Interesting. Um, yeah, so um, other than that, uh, is Montrose there? Would you like to spread a message, a first message from Montrose in 2020 on our podcast? Yes, absolutely. Hello! It's your good friend Montrose Mankington III here. I'd like to bid you all uh, the most joyous of New Year. Um, I have been a, a little low-key as of late, but enjoying my holidays, as I hope you have all been. Uh, I do hope to get back into the swing of things as the chimp that I am in ah. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Montrose Monkington TV. I'm also on Facebook, Montrose Monkington Third Esquire and Friends. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter at Montrose the Third. That's the number three RD. Thank you. More later. That was bananas. <laughs> Don't steal my bit. <laughs> Stop monkeying around. I, I will throw feces at you. Okay, sorry. I, I good day. Happy New Year, gentlemen. No, you've already been drinking. What? Yes. <laughs> All right. So long, Montrose. More later. Toodles. Uh. Well. You can also find us on all the podcatchers. You know what to do. Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. We are renewed for another year. Don't worry, guys. That's right. It was a we squeaker. S- we got, <laughs> but we got, got in there again. I mean, I, I pushed for a lot more money. Nathan tried to get me to back down, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't. My Irish temper. He, he never backs down. Yeah. Irish negotiation just, tactics. Just like they, that movie, Best of the Best. Woo! <laughs> it's the Irish negotiation tactic. You ask for more money and then tell them to fuck, fuck themselves. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this, uh, yeah, so find us there. Uh, we're also on Facebook. You can search What Were They Thinking? We are on Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. We are on Patreon, patreon.com slash WWTT Podcast. I think we have like four bonus episodes on there already. So you can check those out. Uh, more to come. And. Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. So, um, I guess at this point I'll just ask uh, you a question. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, in, in a very middle-of-the-road, kind of mediocre, by-the-books horror movie, mm-hmm. in which Tuco has a uh, holy man utility belt at, right. at ready at all times. Mm-hmm. And in which Linda Cardellini does her doggonest to uh, stay above above water. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hey, yeah. hey, mm-hmm. yeah. good on you. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which is now all holy water. Oh, I'm I'm getting a call. Just one second. Oh no. Hello. Yes, I will inform him. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, that was the pun police. You now have a two hundred and fifty dollar fine. God damn it. Well, I'm going to have to dip into the Patreon. Yep. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll try I'll try to not incur their wrath uh, for the rest of this. So, okay. and in a movie, it's just it's just wholly unremarkable, Nathan. <sighs> yep. I just got to ask. Mhm. What were they thinking?
Hey everyone, it's Chris and Mike from The Recasting Couch, the podcast where we take our favorite movies and discuss what they would be like with new actors in all the lead roles. Hey Mike, tell them where they can find us on social media. You can find our website at therecastingcouch.com or on Twitter at RecastingPod. And of course, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Android, or anywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. Yeah, if there's a service that's not posting our pod, you let us know and we will rectify that immediately. Damn right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you've ever found yourself scrolling through the recommended movies on streaming services and wondering if any of those are worth your time, I'm here to help. Hi, I'm Erica, host of Customers Also Watched, a podcast about movies on Amazon Prime. I started with one movie from my own watch list, and from there, each episode, I grab a friend or two, and we discuss a movie from the Customers Also Watch list of the previous episode's movie. Follow on Twitter at CAW Podcast, and Facebook or Instagram under Customers Also Watched. Available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. See you down the rabbit hole.